You're listening to Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Join the conversation on our Facebook page or on Twitter. And be sure to like and follow us for more great Catholic content. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to Real Presence Live here on the RPR Network. We are heading into our final segment of the morning. I just want to do a quick shout-out. We finished up a great conversation, Brad, with Dr. Ray Garendi. He's got a new book coming out, Standing Strong, Good Discipline Makes Great Teens. You can pick it up at your local Catholic bookstore. Uh, and he says it should be out now or Anytime, any day. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he just he works in an office all day and does radio. So and has toilets I, running. Yeah, <laughs> he probably doesn't know anything about the, the right. publishing of it. So out now or sometime very exactly. soon. Really want to encourage you to pick that up and listen to that podcast coming out of our of our segment we had with him it was a lot of fun he had a lot of great advice for parents all right as i mentioned we are heading into our final segment of real presence live today we have julia wade on the phone with us she has a book that's coming out a very special book during a very special time of year so let's welcome julia in good morning julia hi guys how are you doing very well yourself Good, good. Um, yeah, so um, do you want me to tell you about myself a little bit? Absolutely, please, um, please do. I, I am uh, I'm a stay-at-home mother with five kids, like you were talking about with Elizabeth Ann Seaton today. Yeah. Um, in, in the thick of it, they're nine through four months, so um, uh, we're having a jolly time at our house. <laughs> Congratulations. Um, thank you. Um, but uh, I have, of these children that I have... Um, I have a daughter first, and, you know, I just loved reading to her, and that's what we spent most of our day doing. She was an early reader herself, um, and I could pick any that we call holy book, and she'd just be captivated for hours. Mm-hmm. Like, we could just read and read and read. Um, but uh, when I had my sons, I have three in a row after the, the one daughter, um, they were not as captivated with my Mary books, you know? <laughs> they were... Um, <laughs> We would go to the library, of course, and they'd pick out every digger book with construction or a fire truck book. You know that there's 50 of each kind mm-hmm. alone at your library. Um, and so I got a little frustrated that I'd be like, hey, let's read this book, and then they wouldn't. Or they'd be like, okay, well, are we done with this, Mom? Let's move on. So um, I thought, well, why don't we just combine the two and make a holy book um, that would be intriguing to little boys? Um, so I started working on a little um, sing-songy poem, and it became uh, Joseph's Workshop. And um, it's coming out by uh, Sophia Press on March 19th. Well, that is um, cool. I love it. Uh, so does, yeah. tell us a little bit about about the, the book, the details of the book, and what, what story is it telling us about St. Joseph? Um, so it kind of um, explores this hidden life of um, Joseph and Jesus, so um, a part of, the, of, of his experience that we're not sure about. Um, so essentially the story is telling, um, Joseph making a toy to surprise the child Jesus. Mm. And each page, um, focuses on a different tool that he uses, um, to create the toy for him. So, um, it's a little, little adventure on, on each page of getting to see him being masculine and also seeing those really neat looking sharp objects (laughs) for the little boys to be intrigued with. So... And I have read it to my three-year-old, and his response was, read it again. So I feel like I've got a good uh, <laughs> feedback from the crowd that it's for. It is a board book, um, so it is meant for the littler hands, but um, even my, my seven-year-old really enjoyed it. I think more because Mommy wrote it, but also because of just the, the really vivid pictures. Yeah. Um, I collaborated with my, um, 
one of my dear friends, her husband is an artist. He actually graduated from the University of Notre Dame with a minor in art. Mm. Um, and his name is Matthew Bartula. And one day I, I read my, my manuscript to my girlfriends and they called upstairs and asked him to come down and said, you need to illustrate this for her. And um, his pictures are just beautiful. Um, they're all painted. Um, and they're all these just beautiful, like, representations of Joseph's arms grabbing the tool and how he might be hunched over or how this plane might be, um, uh, you know, smoothing the wood here. It's just so visually appealing as well, especially for the children. Absolutely. I think especially for boys who are more visual, right, being able to see that in, in, uh, in illustration is really important. I, talk a little exactly. bit about the imagination that went into this. So kids have imagination, but, but we don't hear a lot about Joseph in Scripture, so there had to be a bit of imagination that went into this. Can you talk a little bit about that? Well, that is true. Joseph has no words. Mm. Um, in scripture technically um we can say that we know he said the name jesus matthew one twenty five says and he called his name jesus so we know he at least communicated with mary that they agreed his name would be jesus <laughs> um so i wanted to make sure that i didn't have joseph speak um and actually the beginning of the book begins saying good joseph good joseph what do you say what will you build in your workshop today so the whole idea is what is he going to say and kind of that reflection that he doesn't, but look at what he accomplishes mm-hmm. as he's living his vocation as father and carpenter to um, the child Jesus. So um, I wanted very specifically not to have him say anything until at the very end when he calls Jesus' name to reveal the toy to him. Um, and so, you know, I just thought that was kind of a beautiful ending to what all of our lips should be saying, you know, Jesus calling out his name um, and how St. Joseph very likely lived his life. You know, I think about my own husband and how he treats our children and how playful he is. And it's just, you know, the wrestling that goes on and the um, the games that are played and the creativity that comes from that, that I feel like as a mother, I'm not always, you know, when they want to play cards, I'm like, what does my card do? What adventure do we go on? But, you know, men have this beautiful gift, not saying that women don't, but you know, men t- tend to have this beautiful gift of this, you know, creating this world out of nothing. Um, and so I was kind of inspired through my husband of how he plays with our children, that Joseph must have done this, you know. He was a really hard worker and a provider, and that's often how he's portrayed. But I'm sure that he he had these joyful moments of playtime with Jesus as he was a child. And so how might G- Joseph have done that using his own craft to come up with a way to play with him? Yeah, absolutely. I also think about the power of example. I think about myself as a as a father and being able to just get on the floor and play with my kids and I don't actually have to say anything, right? And so <laughs> say Joseph, he doesn't say anything in this book and and I'm sure he was he was a a, a man of a few words, you know, I, as I as I have mm-hmm. prayerful reflections, you know, just his example of of masculinity and fatherhood was enough to lead Jesus to where he need. You know, there's conversations and stuff that happen, but but just talk a little bit about the power of example in this book. Well, yeah, that's kind of one of the the big things I really wanted children to see in the book was to obviously be intrigued by it because of the tools, right? That's the thing to get them in there. But to also see, you know, 
um, St. Joseph um, as, um, as someone who has used his vocation to be the saint that he was, right? We are all called to be saints, but that doesn't necessarily mean that we're perfect. Um, it doesn't necessarily mean that we're going to do this right, but how did he use what God called him to be to, to become extraordinary because of his call? So he didn't just say, I'm this lowly carpenter, I can't do anything. I'm, you know, how, why in the world would God provide me, make me the provider of Jesus and marry this perfect woman and, and all that intensity? That could be really overwhelming, just like we all have super overwhelming responsibilities in our lives. But how he took it and how he received his call is kind of what I love them to see. That they, you know, God may be calling you to be a pilot or a lawyer or a doctor or the grocery store clerk, and whatever it is, you are being extraordinary by being what he called you to do. So um, I hope that they they see that. Julia, this. you put so much thought into this book. It's it's really it's it's stunning, honestly, to to, to, to capture even the aspect that Je- that Joseph doesn't have any words recorded in scripture, but that he does. He has clearly said the name of Jesus uh, to to all be integrated into that book, along with like just the the dynamics of seeing your husband interact with the kids and, and those sort of things. I just, I think it's fascinating and I love it. And uh, so what are some of the other themes that you've kind of integrated into this? Well, I tried to put little gems throughout it, um, kind of the traditional Catholic themes about St. Joseph, obviously his silence. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, I really loved um, borrowing from his litany. Mm-hmm. Um, so he has certain things like... Um, I always use the word prudent in there and patient in there as little um, callbacks to some of the invocations in his litany. But um, Matthew Bartula also did a beautiful job of putting in some uh, visual uh, uh, themes so that they could capture them. Like um, when he's entering his workshop, there's just like this bright light around him as he as he's sort of a shadow and he's entering this workspace. He's entering his 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 um, his the place he's meant to be, right? And he's got all this light shining behind him, and that's kind of symbolizing he's the light of the patriarchs. Um, we also have um, uh, on on um, mirror in one of the pages, because he's the, um, <clears throat> what is it, mirror of um, forgetting patience? Mirror of justice? Now I'm losing. I don't remember. I've <laughs> been found out. I'm I know. Now I'm like, I just prayed it, and I'm now like blanking out. Yeah. Um, but there's a mirror there. Um, and so, we, yeah, so we've got some visual and verbal cues to kind of bring in this litany to help um, push that theme throughout the whole book. Wow. That, you know, so I'm, I'm curious, as you're sharing this, because like I said, you, you clearly put so much thought into this. Uh, a couple, kind of a two-part question. First, first, how long did it take you to write this? And second, um, it certainly seems like it's a fruit of prayer. Like this book sounds like it's, it's something that has come out of your own, your own spiritual life, your own reflections. Um, like what, what was that whole process like? For you in terms of um, your, your prayerful uh, writing of this book? <laughs> um, well, once the idea kind of came, um, it was sort of in the hustle and bustle of, of a lot of changes in our own lives. Mm-hmm. Um, we've had um, uh, a lot of miscarriages mm-hmm. in the past year. Um, and so it was kind of like a creative process of keeping myself praying in kind of a really upsetting time. Yes. Um, and so it was kind of like, I don't know, it was kind of like, I'm supposed to be pregnant right now, so I was supposed to accomplish this thing with my body that I didn't get to do. Mm. And then using that energy and saying, no, I'm still going, I'm going to make this time fruitful, 
Um, and so that was kind of the, the driving force was I, I want to make sure that I'm actually going to accomplish something of great value during this time that I should be accomplishing something of great value. So it was kind of using that energy, if that makes sense. So it took, it didn't take super long to write. The hardest part was to get the um, right illustrator, honestly. And mm. he was just upstairs the whole time. Kept, kept it in house <laughs> there, huh? <laughs> so to speak. <laughs> I mean, that, I just have to say that's such a beautiful response to, to great tragedy. Um, to to go go deep into this um, and to really to turn your heart and your your attention and, um, and your your all your creativity to to the Lord and to your faith I, I just I I'm, I'm touched by the response that you have have shown in that thank you <laughs> well Julia uh, any final thoughts for our listeners this morning about this book and then also please include where can we find this book to pre-order it when it comes out on March 19th um, yeah so uh, the books are 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 currently available for free, available for pre-order on um, Amazon, Walmart, Barnes & Noble. You can find them there already. Um, you can see some of the pictures um, to see this beautiful illustration I'm talking about. Um, but um, I also would just like to mention, just it's, we tried our best to make it historically accurate. So the toy that Jesus receives um, is actually a toy he could have had. Mm. The tools, we went back and looked at first century tools, and that spent a lot of time kind of making sure he emulated those things. Um, so and and then the process of making that toy as well being more accurate. So we tried to do those kinds of special things in case there's anyone like me who's a reader and was like, mm, that's not how that's made. <laughs> um, there's that's there too. And I also, if you wouldn't mind, I'd like to say happy birthday to my goddaughter mm. um, Juliet. She lives in up 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 closer toward Josh. She lives in Minnesota, oh. and so um, she's she's turning seven today. And so oh. I just wanted to say happy birthday. Happy birthday, Julia. Happy birthday, indeed. <laughs> Well, Julia, thanks so much for being on with us this morning to talk about this book. To our listeners, I really want to encourage you to check out this book. It's Joseph's Workshop. Uh, Again, you can get it on Amazon, Walmart, Barnes & Noble, pre-ordering now because it's released on the Feast of St. Joseph, Mm -hmm. March 19th. We're very excited for this book. So thank you again, Julia, and have a great, wonderful rest of your day. Thanks, guys. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. All right. We do need to head to a break. When we come back, Brad and I will wrap up the show for today. We're already coming to an end. I can't believe it. Stay with us. Real Presence Live continues in just a moment. This is Real Presence Live, where the focus is not on the evil around us, but on conversion and mercy through the good news that is always good. We're local, engaging, and live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Uh, I remember even during that time, and, and this was uh, during the beginning years of John Paul II's pontificate, and whenever I heard him on TV, because he was always in the news, especially with his travels in Eastern Europe, Poland and all, I, I would hear the things that would come out of his mouth and I would go, there's no way this person is not close closer to God than I am. Mm. Uh, you know. So I always had this sort of secret respect for uh, for John Paul II. Of course, I never said this to any of my <laughs> brethren friends. You, know. you wouldn't dare. No, of course not. But I, 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 I don't mean to disparage them because they taught me to love the Scripture. And interestingly enough, even though they, they do not believe in the real presence of Christ in the sacrament, they had communion every Sunday. And so they really taught me to love the Lord's Supper uh, and to love the scriptures. And so I'm really thankful to them for that. As Catholic people, we recognize our lives are gifts from God. 
blessings received are a result of God's grace and goodness. Our Lord entrusts us to be good stewards of His many gifts. We are called to conduct lives that honor Him and bear witness to our faith in Jesus Christ. Hello, this is Mike Kidrowski, Director of Advancement for Real Presence Radio. As we begin a new year, let's reflect a moment on stewardship. Your life should provide an example to others in the way you live your faith, the way you manage your possessions, and the way you plan your estate and personal affairs. You have spent a lifetime acquiring your assets and living your faith. Fortunately, we can provide you with an estate planning guide that allows you to put all of your important information in one place and enable you to document your intentions. To request an estate planning guide, please visit our plan giving website at rprlegacy.org or call me at 701-290-4503. Let's get started. You're listening to Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Join the conversation on our Facebook page or on Twitter. And be sure to like and follow us for more great Catholic content. Now, back to the show. Y'all can't see it, but Brad is totally <laughs> us rocking the out, music, headbanging, yeah. uh, going back to the glory yeah, days, the glory of, days the, of the early 90s. That's right. Of the fuzzy fuzzy bunny bunny fuzzy bunny was band. my band in high school there we yep. go and and back when brad had long hair long flowing hair i just i he's he's got like nice haircut now it's <laughs> sharp i just i can't even imagine that <laughs> yeah pretty hilarious well brad as we wrap up here we got a few minutes uh what are your biggest takeaways for today well i don't know i was i'm still kind of just sitting with the interview we just had with julia it was there was a lot of great stuff today yeah but um i just was i'm so touched by how much she's put into this book, you know, yeah. like of, of herself, of her family, of, uh, of her spirituality, her reading of scriptures. And I just, I, even the, the, the attention to details of the toys that would have been used historically or that might have been existed and the process of making them the tools. I just, gosh, I'm just, I'm moved by that. So I, I don't know. That was, that was one of the things that's just really grabbing me right now. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty special. I think uh, I've got two big takeaways. The first one uh, goes all the way back to our first segment Mm. where Steve was talking about contemplating the face of Jesus and thinking about the manger scene and how he was wrapped in swaddling clothing and only his face would be visible. Mm. And he brought up how St. John Paul II talked about contemplating the face of Jesus. And so I think that's actually something I'll take with me here as we finish out the season of Christmas. I believe it's the Epiphany. Yeah. The Epiphany this weekend, um, which will bring a close very quickly to the... um, after the baptism, yeah, is, right, is the end. Of it's it. funny. I I have to go back and refresh myself every year. Yeah, it's it's just sad, but I I think it's after the baptism. So I know Sunday is Epiphany. Right. I know and the baptism is Monday. Right. I'm not sure how that works out on the on the I think church baptism calendar. Of the Lord is the close. But, okay. Uh, you know, this isn't canon. This is right. <laughs> yes. My own amigo. And we are the B squad. We are the B squad. So, <laughs> so it's, we're going to lean into that. I, I wanted to say one thing too, as as you were talking about like that, um, looking at the face of of Jesus. Yeah. And um. Like, not only looking at the face of Jesus, but being looked at by the face of Jesus. Yeah. Like, there's something when, yeah. when someone's eyes, when, when you meet eyes with someone, there's something so profoundly powerful and intimate about that. And just that, that reflection of actually having Jesus gazing in my eyes, even as an infant. Yeah. Like, they're just, gosh, what, a, what an incredibly powerful and fruitful uh, reality to contemplate. Well, yeah, it's an opportunity to, to dive into even that manger scene mm-hmm. in, in Lexio in Scripture. And, um, you know, I just think about my own experience of my children when they were born and mm. looking into their eyes. Yes. Like, 
a whole new level of love is unlocked in a heart right when right. when you gaze at your child uh, as a baby and it's like everything just in my heart everything just stops moving mm. and it's just like i'm just lost in this moment of looking into my child's eyes for the first time mm. think about looking into the eyes of jesus and how much more powerful you know, because he is our Lord and our Savior, right? So contemplating that face and contemplating his eyes and how much he loves us, even as an infant. Yeah, and, and even almost inverting that, right? Like, because so, the reality is <laughs> he pre- pre-existed us, right? Yes. That, that he was doing that when we were infants, yeah. right? Like, that, like yeah. you, you think of, like, how as a father, as a parent, like, I could never give that to someone else. The, the love, the sh- sheer wonder, and amazement and devotion that you feel when you hold your child for the first time. Um, and to think about that being in the heart of God, uh, you know, the moment we're born, yes, but, but every moment thereafter, like right now, even with all of our, our fallenness and all the ways that we've, we've you know, run away, that we've betrayed, like that, that incredible joy and elation that he feels for us. It's, it's kind of like taking that, that Christmas scene and, and flipping it a little bit yeah. to just be drawn into that, that radical reality of, of our Christian faith. Right. Well, we're coming up on the baptism of Jesus yeah. next week, right? And so this is where we hear, like, you're my beloved son, mm-hmm. right? And uh, I think that's a reflection that we can take with us as we go. Like, yes, God gazes upon us, and, and it's like the sun's rays coming down, right? Mm-hmm. I Like, there's times where I'll be sitting in an adoration chapel and the sun's rays will mm-hmm. come through and mm-hmm. I'll, I'll just, I'll soak it in. It, this actually happened on retreat. It was amazing where it just, I, I felt the presence of the father's love just mm. radiating upon me. Mm. And all he was doing was saying, I just, I just want to gaze at you just yeah. as I would want to gaze at my children and, and delight in them. So does he. Yeah. Amen. And it, it is, it's awesome that the Lord God charges all of creation, all of, um, you know, material reality with these, these encounters with him, you know, like that, like the sun, the sun can actually be a profound experience of the Lord's love, you know, in that, in that moment. And it's just, he's, he really has uh, given a mystical reality to, to just everything around us, right? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, I think there's just an encouragement here in, in these final days of the Christmas season to, to contemplate the face of Jesus and just sit in the manger scene and, yeah. and be loved by him, be loved by the Father who looks down upon it all, right? And then don't forget about the star, the star which led us to Jesus, mm-hmm. right? To, to the, who is our true north star, the one who we can count on always. You know, it says in Scripture that Jesus says himself, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And so where else would we want to be at this time? Yeah, amen. That, uh, you know what maybe we'll do is we'll cast it over to Aaron to yes. do his preview, and then I can kind of close it up. Put a pin you. in it, Aaron, yep, off to you. <laughs> On the next Real Presence Live, Tuesday from 9 to 11 a.m. Central, your hosts will be Father Richard Kunst and Cindy Jennings, coming to you live from Duluth, Minnesota. They will be speaking with Dr. Jerry Crete, a Catholic professional therapist who specializes in treating post-traumatic stress disorder, as well as treatment of clergy and religious. Father Kunst will also be speaking about the significance of the baptiz- baptism of the Lord. All this and more is coming to you on the next Real Presence Live Tuesday from 9 to 11 a.m. Central. Back to you, B-Squad. Awesome. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks, Aaron. All right. Yeah, so it's, just, it's kind of funny. Um, so New Year's Eve, actually New Year's night, we, um, our family decided to watch a show together. 
and it wound up actually being right at midnight that we started the show. <laughs> so classic we're, for we're, the great yeah, exactly. family. There we go. Uh, so yeah, don't tell uh, child protective services or anything. We have got our little <laughs> six year old watching the show. Uh, but anyway, so we we actually wound up watching our our first ever. Doctor Who episode. And this is like a series that's been running okay, forever. Yep, they have Christmas yep. episodes. And there's there's this one that was was just profound. Like the next day when I was at Mass for Mary, Mother of God, I'm like, this was so incredibly Marian where they have this this race, they go off to another world, and it's this race of trees, the spirit trees or whatever, are going to be die killed by this acid rain. And it's only they needed an ark to carry their life out of that world that's dying into a new realm. And it's, they first find Doctor Who. He's too weak. The little boy is too weak. There's a, a girl that she's stronger, but she's not strong enough. And it's only a mother. It's only a mother who could carry these, these spirits to safety. And she takes off. You know, they take off this spaceship and uh, escape the destruction that, that they were bound for. And as she does, she kind of goes through this time vortex and winds up becoming like this bright, shining star you talked about. Mm. And at the beginning of the episode, her husband dies in a plane crash. He's a, a pilot in the war. And it's, it's dark, his instruments have gone dead, and so he can't see his way home. And she winds up becoming this, <laughs> this glowing star that winds up saving her husband's life. And I'm just like, this is so incredibly Marian. Like, yeah. she is that star yeah. that's leading us to Jesus. And so now, as we just celebrated, Mary, Mother of God, um, I just think that it's a wonderful opportunity to remind ourselves that we, we do have a mother who gazes yeah. on our face as, as infants, delights in us, and who leads us you know, really to that, that heavenly destination that we're made for. Well, and we, we celebrated on December 12th Our Lady Guadalupe, who is the mm-hmm. star of the new evangelization, right? Yes. Recognizing that she does. She, I, and I had, a, I had a profound reflection one time of, of Mary holding the, the child Jesus and uh, she she held him out for me to mm. hold him, like this recognition that she's she's always leading us to him, which is it's really Beautiful. special. That, so, Our Lady of Guadalupe, I just saw a Catholic T-shirt that had a picture of, of Juan Diego with the tilma, and it had the to- the slogan. Then I saw her face. Now I'm a believer. <laughs> That's a great way to end. All right. Well, thanks so much for tuning in to Real Presence Live. The B Squad is out. But coming up next is Take Two with Jerry, De- Jerry and Debbie. Stay with us for more great programming throughout the day. It's Real Presence Radio. We'll see you next time. This has been Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Real Presence Live brings you inspirational stories of faith and a look at the good and holy things happening in our local area. Weekday mornings from 9 to 11 Central. Tune in for an encore of each show beginning Saturday morning at 6. Get the podcast any time of day or night at yourcatholicradiostation.com or on the Real Presence Radio app. And remember, you can be a part of the conversation through Facebook and Twitter. Real Presence Live. Local, engaging, and live on the Real Presence Radio Network.